here, and when he sends you here, he speaks to you. Amen? How many come to hear from the Lord? All right? I hope that's why you're here. I, I need a word from the Lord, and he has one for us today. And sometimes it's not what we want to hear, but it's always what we need to hear. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your sheep who you love so much. I thank you that they have come to eat today, God, to, to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say to the church. But first of all, God, would you tear down everything that separates them from you? We know that nothing can stand in the way of your love for them. So I pray against any condemnation for anyone sitting here right now feeling like, you know what, I'm not good enough to be in church and this, this atmosphere, you know, I don't belong here. Yes, you do. Jesus died so that you could be a part of his family and you're welcome into his family through faith and love and I, I pray that you would have a hope this morning that would lead you to repentance and would lead you to salvation God didn't bring you to here today to, to abandon you I pray that you would hear my heart in this that even though your sin list might be as long as a city block Jesus by one stroke of his love and one stroke of his blood can erase all of your sin and it be like you never sinned before. That's how perfect his love is towards you. That's how perfect his righteousness is for you. So God, I pray that your anointing would be upon your servant this morning. Let Damien get out of the way so that the Holy Spirit can have full use of my body, full use of my mouth and my mind. And I pray for these people that are listening as well, that they would be anointed to hear because, God, we want to finish well. Your return is closer today than it's ever been in all of history. And we want to cross the finish line well. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you, Kimberly. Can we give the praise team a hand this morning? So thankful for their ministry. So thankful for their ministry. I like when you play, but your fingers probably need a break sometimes. All right, so we have been in a new series called For the Rest of Your Life. How many of you have been actively pursuing this rest? You've been actively pursuing this rest. What does this mean? That I'm not going to stress, I'm not going to panic, I'm not going to try to be God, I'm just going to rest and let God be God, all right? And when we are born again, we have new life. Church, can you say new life? That would be a good name for a church, wouldn't it? We have new life in Jesus, right? So he gives us of his love. We get a new identity. The old, sinful, carnal, messed up, jacked up people that we used to be are gone. And now Christ lives on the inside of us. Isn't that wonderful news? Who we used to be. When we're born again, it's gone. They try, to, they try to come back, right? That carnality, that flesh tries to rise up. But we are new creations in Jesus Christ. And he's given us of his identity. We identify with God now. We're the sons and daughters of the most high God. We've got a new identity in him. And he's given us of his faith. And we have purpose, right? So God has given us an eternal purpose. Even before he made the world, he had you in mind and knew what he would send you here to do. And in order for you to fulfill your purpose, in which is to glorify God with your life, 
you first must be full of love, full of his identity, and full of faith, and then God will allow you to live out your, his purpose in your life. But his purpose for your life is not work. His purpose for your life is rest because he did all the work. And now we just have to put faith in Jesus Christ and we enter into this phase of life called rest. Rest means that I've stopped doing everything that I want to do. I've rested my mind. I've rested my, maybe arrest is a better word. I've arrested my mind. I've arrested my will so that my life could be at rest in the complete work of Jesus Christ. And how God deals with us or how he gives us his rest is through Revelation, that's the R. He speaks to us in, his, in the word, the Bible, or through his Holy Spirit or through a servant. He empowers us when we hear the word. He gives us strategies to do the word. And then his word always ends up in triumph. The Bible is the, the, the greatest treasure on planet Earth right now. The Bible, the word of God. All right. So Jesus was the word made flesh. So the word of God is equal to Jesus. So we must understand that. When we put our faith in Jesus, we are also putting our faith in his word. So as we have, all eyes on me, as we have stress, as we have trouble, as we have problems, the way that we enter into the rest of God is by discovering and declaring what does God say about this issue. What does God say about this problem? Let me give you an example. I had to have a kidney transplant over 10 years ago uh, and, uh, as I was on the sheriff's office, and I'm still a, a police officer, okay? They put me in the detective bureau, all right? That's a safer job behind a desk. And I thought I would end my career as a detective, all right? Because I can't afford to fight somebody that's drunk. I can't afford to fight somebody that's high and get punched right here because that's where my new kidney is. And my, the bulletproof vest stops about here, all right? Maybe it go down further if I stop eating donuts. But anyway, all right, if I get punched right here, I'm going to need a new kidney, so I thought it was God's provision to put me in the detective bureau so that I would be safe. But then, uh, uh, two sheriffs ago, I, I believe, I'm, I'm losing track here, yes, uh, Chief Jim, uh, it was Chief at that time, Jim Everett came to my desk when I was at the detective bureau in my office at my desk, and he handed me a letter, right? It's not good when you get letters sometimes. Not good when you get letters. Open the letter, the letter says, Effective this date, you will be, uh, you will be uh, reporting back to road patrol. That means I will be patrolling the city streets again. That means that I would uh, have to fight. I would have to do those things that were dangerous again. And oh boy, when I read that letter, something stirred up in me and it wasn't the Holy Spirit, right? It was anger. It was fear. It was worry. And I was, I was in a state of unrest, right? I, can you point at me and say you? I wanted to fight my battle. I wanted to walk into the current sheriff's office and say, what are you guys doing? Like, why would you do this to me? I, I can't just go to Walmart and get a new kidney. I can't order one off of Amazon yet, all right? A new kidney. 
And so fear began to rise up in me, and I wanted to go speak to the sheriff, right? And here's what the Lord said to me. Can you guys say rest? Rest. Here's what the, the Spirit of the Lord said to me. Do you know that he talks to you? God talks to you. You have to be willing to listen, and you have to study his word so that you can become familiar with his voice. But he said this to me, don't say a word. Woo. Can you imagine when your dad used to say that to you? Don't you say a thing. Okay. He said, don't say a word, because I wanted to go fight my case. He said this to me, didn't I protect you before you had a kidney transplant? Yeah, you did. So, so why are you worried now? Church, can you say rest? rest? Rest is when you're stressing out about a situation, you don't know what to do, and you're trying to figure it out on your own. There's unrest up here. There's anxiety and stress. Rest is when God speaks, either in his word or to your heart through his, through his, through his Holy Spirit. All right? So, Fast forward a year or two later, I get called into the same sheriff's office that I was about to go plead my case and go fight my battle and say, what are you doing? All right. If I would have disobeyed, here's what not would have happened. Several years later, they call me into the office and they say, we want you to be a school resource officer. Right. Had never been done before. And your, your, your work week will be Monday through Friday, seven to three right? Weekends off, holidays off. Church, can I tell you what would have happened if I would have, in my unrest, moved? If, if God said, don't you do a thing, you be quiet, and I would have disobeyed, I could have burnt that bridge. You see, what God knew is I'd be your pastor one day, right? And I would need to have Wednesday nights off and Sunday mornings off. And since I obeyed God, now I am in that position. You see, when you are obedient and faithful to obey God, you can enter into his rest because his rest is his revelation, what he says, ending in triumph. So you're seeing triumph right now. That God allowed me to be a police officer that works from 7 to 3 with weekends and holidays off, and that's absolutely unheard of. Absolutely unheard of. But if I would have moved and went in there and fought my battle, when this position came up, I would have been considered. Why? Because I sinned. Let's learn more about rest this morning. For the rest of your life, today's message is entitled, A Working Faith. Sometimes you've got to do things in order to enter into his rest, all right? Faith is the only activity as we enter into God's rest. Obedience is the key that unlocks his promises. Say this with me. Faith Faith is my only activity activity when I enter into God's rest. Faith. Okay? It's faith alone. Faith is your part. Man, this is good. So, God has already done the hard stuff. God has already done the work, right? Even with my job, God knew he was going to create a position down the road. He was already doing the work. But in order for me to enter into the fullness of the rest, I had to be obedient back here. And here's what we don't get, church. You got to be obedient on step one 
if, 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 if it's a 10-step victory that God's laying out for you, you've got to be obedient in each step of the way. And some of us are wondering, well, God, where's my husband? Where's the new job? Where's the blessings? Where's the house? You've got to look back and say, okay, God promised me this thing, but am I, have I been disobedient in any step? This isn't going to be a hallelujah, praise the Lord, dance all over the church message this morning unless you really get revelation all right, so you might, I should have warned you to wear extra socks today, right? Because this message might step on some of our toes, but it's needed. I would rather have my toes stepped on than my buns burned later on in fire, right? So step on my toes now so that I can avoid anything that has to do with damnation or not entering into the promises of God. So what are we going to learn about right now? That there's no rest for rebels. Say this with me. There's no rest for rebels. And when I say rest, I'm not talking about the ability to take a break or take a nap. When I say rest, I'm talking about you don't get what God promised. Because in order to get what God promised, you have to be obedient and you have to be faithful. Holy Spirit, I ask for your help in this morning now in Jesus' name. I ask for hard and religious hearts and minds to be broken open so that your light and your water and your oil can flood into our hearts and minds today. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that this message will be effective, not only to those that are listening, but to me as well. I need your help, God. If there's any rebel in me, if there's any rebel in them, begin to drive it out now in Jesus' name. Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Every ounce of witchcraft and rebellion that exists in this church and in these people, we drive it out now with the blood of Jesus Christ. We drive it out now with the power of God. We will not be rebels. We will be obedient sons and daughters of God. For the word of God says that those who are obedient to God, those that are obedient to his spirit and led by his spirit, they are the children of God. Help us to realize this in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, listen to me. It's not coming to church that makes you a son or a daughter of God. It's being obedient to his spirit. That's the only way to please God is that, okay, God, you spoke it, I believe, and my proof that I believe is my obedience to your word. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 3. Your, your homework, if you should so choose to obey, is to at least listen to the book of Hebrews. If you're not a reader and you need to be, all right, I want you to listen to the book of Hebrews in its entirety. It's an amazing book, and that's what we'll, we will be part for the majority of this message this morning. We're in Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 19, and remember, there's no rest for the rebels. Say this with me. I, I am, not am not a rebel. All right, let's go. That is why the Holy Spirit says today, when church, today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. What did they do? They rebelled. So 
The Bible says, the Holy Spirit says that today when you hear his voice, so you might audibly be hearing my voice, but the the person that is driving me right now is the person of the Holy Spirit. So as you hear this voice, do not harden your hearts. Verse 9, I'm sorry, verse 8, when they tested me in the wilderness, there your ancestors tested and tried my patience. Now, I want you to remember this. Jesus was led into the wilderness, and he was tested by God, and then he went out from that place with much power and authority and began to do great miracles in the land. All right, so when it comes to being a child of God, he puts us through tests. Please catch this. But when it comes to being a rebel, we put God through tests. What kind of test? We test his patience. We test his mercy. We test his word. Let's read. Let's see what happened here. There your ancestor, they they tested and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. So I was angry with them. If we want to make God angry, we'll test him. Okay. I was angry with them. And I said, their hearts are always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So what is a rebel? A rebel are those who belong to God or at least say they do, but when he tells them to do something, they're always turning away from them. Now listen, this is not a message of condemnation, but let conviction work its perfect work in you this morning. If you find yourself on a cycle of repetitive sin, although you call yourself a child of God, right now you're in a rebel phase. You notice how how I said phase? You notice how I did not call you a rebel? I said you're in a rebel phase. You're in a current state of rebellion. Now, there's a difference between sinning, all right, uh, on, no one sins on accident, but sinning because you fell, right? There's a difference between falling into sin and Laying down in sin. You get what I'm saying? Because when you lay down, you had a mind to sin. When you trip, you had a mind to walk straight. You had a mind to obey God, but something happened and you tripped up. To rebel, he says, is their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. Man, listen to this. So in my anger, I took an oath. This is God taking an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. Verse 12. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. There was just a train horn that sound, right? I didn't know that train horn was going to sound because I'm not the conductor. Okay, but that train horn meant something. All right, listen to this. One day, and it might even be a Sunday, one day a trumpet's going to sound. And that sound's going to come from heaven. And that's just going to be it, right? The dead in Christ will rise. Those that believe on him already will, will soon be called up to meet with him. Time is running out, church. Time is running out. We've got to take these words seriously. Let's keep going. 
Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Remember what it says. Today, church when? Man, today is so important because today is all we get. Tomorrow's not promised. So the Bible says today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. So what does this mean? It means that as the preacher, that the, the God's servant is speaking to you right now, you've got to make up, you've got to look into your heart and say, God, and you got to do it right now because the trumpet could blow before altar call. You got to do it right now. You got to say, God, there's some rebellion in my heart, and Lord, I repent. You got to repent now. You don't repent tomorrow. You don't repent next week. You, you repent today. Because the Bible says, when you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. What's that mean? Oh, the preacher's not talking to me. I'm good. I don't need that. No. God loves us so much that, that, that he knows our time is short and we don't know when he's coming back. So he gives us a warning and says, okay, God, how serious are you? When do you want us to do this? And he says, today. Not tomorrow, today. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your heart as Israel did when they rebelled. And who was it who rebelled against God? Even though they heard his voice. Wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt and who made God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned, whose corpses lay in the wilderness, and to whom was God speaking when he took an oath that he would they would never enter his rest? Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. Church, the thing that keeps us out of his rest is unbelief. Unbelief is, the, is a, a disease of the soul. Unbelief weakens our faith, and we only enter into God's promises by faith. So I want you to just start examining yourself. Say this with me. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. examine my heart, examine my heart. For, rebellion for rebellion and unbelief. unbelief. In Jesus' name. Amen. We got to get rid of it, church, and it has to go today. If you're addicted to pornography, that has to go today. If you're addicted to drugs and any other substances, that has to go today. If you're angry with a family member and you haven't forgiven them, that has to go today. Like everything that would keep us out of his rest, it has to go today. Not tomorrow, but today. Because we don't know when our last day is. We don't know when our last moment is. And it's not worth it. My anger at a relative is not worth me not entering into his rest. My anger at my boss is not worth it for me to not enter into his rest. There's people that you need to be forgiving. If you don't forgive them, it's sin. 
So that's why we look in our hearts and say, God, is there any sin in me? Am I in rebellion anywhere? And don't you dare look at other people because that's what pride does to us. Well, at least I'm not doing this, and at least I'm not doing that. God doesn't care about the least of things you're doing. God cares about if you're living up to the standard of Jesus Christ. That's the one he sent for us to model after, not those around us. Why is there so much passion in this message right now? Because this is the day called today. Today is the day that we take advantage of God's grace. Today is the day that we repent of our sins. Today is the day that we enter into his rest because we don't want to die in the wilderness. All the people that were not of Joshua and Caleb's generation and lower, they died in the wilderness. Why did they walk so long? Why did they wander so long? Because God was killing them off. They were just dying, dropping dead in the wilderness because he swore they would not enter into the promised land. When God swears something, we better pay attention. He says, I swear that you will not enter into my rest. Woo. When daddy says you're not getting a bike, you can beg. You can say, dad, look, Timmy got a bike. I don't care what Timmy got. You're not getting a bike. Why? Why why do our natural fathers withhold good things from us? Because probably... We've been disobedient. Probably we haven't done what our dad said do. Listen to me. Our father loves us. That's why you're hearing this message today. See, if he didn't love you, he would be hiding this message from you and making you think that you were okay. Don't don't make me think I'm okay. When I went into the hospital and they told me I had kidney failure, don't, don't, don't try to save my feelings by telling me I have a headache and giving me Tylenol. If I'm dying, I want to know, right? How many want to know? That's what the word of God does for us. It reveals truth to us so that we might know where we are with him so that we don't have to be lost, so that on today we can take advantage. Do you know how many people died yesterday that wish they had a today that they can repent of? Do you know how many people are living in outer darkness where there's gnashing of teeth and they're crying out? And do you, they wish they just had one more today. And look behind you. How many todays are back there? How many yesterdays are back there? We can't say, well, I will do these things tomorrow because we have to take advantage of today. So, who then is rest for. If rest is not for the rebels, then who gets to enter into God's promises? Who gets to see his his, his promises fulfilled in their lives? Who gets to enjoy eternity with Jesus? Rest is for the faith-filled and the obedient. Thank you, Jesus. Say this with me, church. I I refuse refuse to be a rebel. rebel. Jesus, Jesus, forgive me of my sins break the power of the enemy off my life I refuse to be a rebel again I feel something I refuse to be a rebel I refuse to have a hard heart I will listen I will obey and I will live In Jesus' name.
Amen. Give it up for God this morning. Come on. We're all enjoying his grace right now. We're all enjoying his mercy right now because he puts you in a place to hear a message like this to say, you know what? Man, I don't want a hard heart. When God talks to me, I want rest. Because what is unrest? God talks to me, I don't listen, and he swears I can't enter his rest now. When he speaks to me, I want to listen, and I want to receive the benefits of his blessing because I was obedient. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4 now. It says this. Oh, this is good news. Church, can you say good news? Woo! Good news. Listen. God's promise. Man, this is good. I love the Lord. God's promise of entering his rest still stands. What does this mean? That it's not too late for any of you right now. His promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. What does this mean? That we must be terrified at the thought of not entering into God's promised rest, especially since it's still available today. While it's called today, you get to enter into God's rest. How many of you have experienced any kind of stress over the last week? Raise your hand. Any kind of stress over the last week? All right. God's promise of rest still remains for you. It's still wide open for you. Verse 2. For this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us. See, that's what I've been doing all morning, announcing it to you, just as it was to them. But it did them, this is the children of Israel, the ones that died in the wilderness, the ones that did not see the promised land, okay? It did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. Aren't you so glad that when you're born again, you get new faith, right? You get faith from God. So use it, all right? Let's keep going. For only we who believe can enter his rest. As for the others, God said, here's a reminder, in my anger, I took an oath that they will never enter my place of rest. Even though this rest has been ready for how long? Since he made the world. We know it is ready because of the place in the scripture where it mentions the seventh day. On the seventh day, God rested from all his work. But in the other passage, God said, they will never enter my place of rest. So God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard the good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. What kept the children of Israel from entering his rest? Unbelief a disregard for his word, to say that God doesn't mean what he says or is not faithful to do what he said. So what happened to the disobedient generation? I told you already, they died in the wilderness in their season of testing because they decided to test God. So unrest is where unrest and unbelief go hand in hand. And man, this is what you can learn today. I want you to think about any kind of issues or problems that you have right now, whether that be health, financial, family, work, whatever it is. And you need to begin examining each of those areas of your life for unbelief. Do you hear what I'm saying? 
If you want rest in any of those areas I just mentioned, you got problems, you got stress, you got concern, there's unrest there. And the first thing we have to, as we look under the hood of our problems, what we're going to see is, ah, unbelief. And it's not, un, it's not only unbelief when you know the truth and don't believe it. You could be living in unbelief because you haven't been exposed to the truth. Please catch this. You could be living in unbelief because that thing that's attacking your finances, your marriage, your health, your work, right now you have stress because you're believing it. I'm believing that my family's always going to look like this. I'm believing that I'm always going to have this job. I'm believing that I'm always going to have this disease. And I'm in unbelief because I believe something that is not true. That is why it is so important for you all to get into the Bible and discover what God says about family, about finances, about health, about marriage, about your job. And you grab a hold of that word and you believe it. And then rest. The thing that keeps you away from God's promises is sometimes you don't even know the promise. How can you have rest if you don't have the revelation? How can you have rest if you don't know the truth about what he says? Let's go on to verse 7. Man, God is so gracious. So God set another time for entering his rest. And that time is when? Today. I mean, this was probably written over 2,000 years ago, but it's current. Because the time he keeps setting it for is when? So every day that passes, God says, okay, it's, it, the, the day's about to pass. I need to reset the time for them to be able to enter my rest. And I'm going to set it to today. Listen to me. Everybody doesn't get it today, but you got it today. What are you going to do with your today? All right. God announced this through David much later in the words already quoted. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Now, if Joshua had succeeded in giving this re- them this rest, God would not have spoken about another day of rest still to come. So there is a special rest. Church, can you say special rest? All right, we don't want that ordinary stuff. We want some cheese on it, right? We want some ice cream on top. We want that special rest, okay? He says there is a special rest still waiting for who? Is it on the screen? Oh, it's not on the screen. That's why you're so quiet. (laughs) There is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. Who are the people of God? All right. If 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 you're the people of God, put your hands out like this. Guess what's available to you? Special rest. Woo! Not that regular stuff. Not, not that, not, not rest. Not rest that comes in a white box with black lettering. Not generic rest. Special rest. Woo! Special rest is available for God's children. Say this with me. Woo! I expect special rest. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Let, let, let's, 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 let's let the truth take effect and the truth take hold. We're, we're sick of worrying. We're, we're sick of being discouraged. We're sick of bad news. Say this with me. 
I expect special rest. Come on now. Now, if it's summertime and, and uh, it's hot outside and, and all your friends in the neighborhood were playing and your mom invites you up to the, to the, um, to the porch with all your little friends and she gives freeze pops to all the neighborhood kids and, and runs out and you don't get one, right? And she says, okay, thank, that's it. You guys go play. And then she tells, calls you by name and says, you come here. And takes you into the house, right? You're going to expect something woo, special, right? They got freeze pops, right? But mom pulls out for you one of those cinnamon crunch cones, right? With the vanilla ice cream and the, the melted chocolate on top with nuts, right? See, they got freeze pops. Why? Because they're not her kids, right? But when you're God's child, you should have an expectation for something special. I want special rest, God. Look at look, God. I don't want I don't want to just to be at ease or to be at peace about the problems that I'm going through. I have an expectation that although that you told you swore that they could not enter your rest, that you set a time for today for when for today when your children could have what kind of rest? special. If you're not getting special rest, it's because you're not expecting it. Faith is an expectation for good. Fear is an expectation for bad. You change your expectations, you change your life. You're stressed because you have fear. What is fear? Fear is an expectation for worst case scenarios to happen. So if you're always in fear, you're always in expectation of something, oh my goodness, the Lord is preaching right now. You're always in expectation of something that doesn't belong to you anyway. Why are you fearful of receiving something that doesn't belong to you anyway? God's not going to give you the worst. He's going to give you the best. We have an expectation for special rest. You should never spend another moment of your life afraid because your expectation to, should be to see the goodness of God while you're still in the land of the living. Have you forgot that you are his child? Amen? Amen. Some of you, some of you live like this. You live like this. Um, so the neighborhood kids got freeze pops and, and mom ran out. So now she's just going to take you in the, into, the, into the refrigerator and give you some water and put some food coloring in it and give that to you. Like, seriously, some of you expect that from God. Like, not even his best. Just being his child gives you access to his best. The disciples asked Jesus how to pray, and he didn't start off by saying, my father, did he? They asked him how to pray, and what did he say? Our Father. Oh, my goodness. And if God was good to Jesus, then shouldn't we expect as his children as well that God will be good to us? Amen. Special rest. Let's keep moving here. So, so there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest... Here's the key, have rested from their labors. Do you understand? Do you want to know how to enter into rest? Stop, right? So watch this, watch this. Here we go. 
Right now, I'm not at rest. Why am I not at rest right now? Because I'm moving, right? How do I enter into rest? Okay. The Bible says that those who have ceased from their own labor, they enter into God's rest. What is God's rest? Okay, he showed us at the beginning. Six days he created this wonderful world that we live in. And the seventh day he entered into rest. Not because he was tired, but to show a pattern for, for us that, you know what? I've done this all for you. I've done the work. Now you enter into my rest. Faith, church, gives you access to all the work God has done. All right? When you're in fear and anxiety and in the flesh and in carnality, you're doing all the work. This is why we're tired. This is why we're going gray prematurely. This is why you look like you eat lemons all day. This is why you don't smile. This is why just so much stress, so much work, because you're, you're doing all this work that's already done, right? When you stop and say, okay, God, first of all, I'm tired. And he has an invitation for the tired. Come unto me. All of you who labor, right? All of those who are in need of rest. And he says, I will give you rest. Worrying, say this with me, church. Worrying Worrying. is work. work. That's why it makes you tired. That's why it stresses you out. That's why it drains you. Worrying is work, right? Work from self. But to enter into God's rest, listen to this, don't miss this, to enter into God's rest, I've got to stop doing everything I've been doing. I'll give you an example. Some of you might need a job in here, and you've been on Monster. Well, I don't even know if that exists anymore. All kind of job search engines. You're you're filling out applications. You're doing all this stuff. Listen to this. Listen to this. That God never told you to. Ooh. So one way we enter into rest is by stopping production on all the things he never told us to start. Think about that. How many things are we currently doing that God never said start? So, when we're working, when we are working, what we are saying is, God, your work wasn't good enough. I've got to be God all by myself in this moment. I've got to work out things for me. And we don't want him to swear at us, right? Because what did he say? I swear that those who are in unbelief, those who are in fear, will never enter my rest. So even when we come Kimberly, you can come. Even as we, as we come to a standstill, right? Our body stops moving, but our mind doesn't. Man, please catch this. When you come out of fear and enter into God's rest, your body might have stopped moving, but whatever you had the most of will still be going. Please catch this. If you were full of unbelief, When you first got into rest, that has to be drained out of you. Because here's what you'll sound like. Okay, you need a job. You need the bill paid. You need uh, something for the family. 
and you stop searching Google and you stop working overtime and you stop doing all the things that you were doing to make it happen, it's going to be a frightful moment for a little bit because unbelief is going to start talking to you. And here's what it will sound like. Probably Fred G. Sanford. (laughs) You big dummy. (laughs) You know that bill is due. Why did you stop? Why did you stop looking for a job? Why did you stop looking for a husband? Why did you stop doing that? And you need to be able to answer and say, all that cease from their own activity, they get to enter into his rest. His rest is a prepared place of fulfilled promises. Oh my goodness, don't you want access to that place? Are you telling me that when I enter into rest, I get to enter into a place of his fulfilled promises? How do I get into that place? Well, when we're in motion, we're in fear and we're in unbelief. But when you can just wait upon the Lord, man, I wish you knew that trying to work it out for yourself makes the blessing further away from you. But when you sit down and say, Lord, I trust you. At that moment, the distance between the blessing and you shrinks. I'll tell you why. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father, right? The blessings come from the blesser, right? And when I sit down and trust God and I stop working out all my own activity, what happens by faith is you might not see my body moving anymore, but my spirit is running towards God. And the Word of God says that if we draw close to Him, that he will draw close to us as well. Do not let worry and fear and unbelief and hardness of heart and rebellion cause you to miss out on the promises that God will provide for you because we just took communion, right? Do we have to crucify Jesus again to take communion or is it already finished? So all communion is doing is just remembering what God already did, right? Please know this. Jesus Christ is the author and finisher of your faith. You don't get to what he has for you except you enter by faith. It is my belief that some of you have been anxious. Some of you have been uh, running around like you just saw me up here. And that just makes you tired. But today, there remains a special rest for God's people, but you have to enter in it by faith. You've got to do something. Here's the last thing I want to say to you. And this blew me away yesterday or a few days ago when the Lord showed me this. Now, faith is our part. The supernatural is his part but there's still a part we must play in the natural, okay? Now, in order for me to lay, when I lay my hands on a person as God has said, and I pray for them, 
and God heals them. Wow, praise the Lord. That's so amazing. That's so wonderful. But what about the activity and the action and the sacrifice it took me to get over to this person? Do you know, raise your hand if you remember the story about Jesus and the woman at the well. We love that story, right? But Jesus had to walk 35 miles to get there. We don't think about that part. That's the part that some of us, we still have to do. Even in rest, there is still work, okay? Because faith without works is dead. Yes, Jesus did the hardest part, but we still have to be obedient to do our hard parts. We still have to have a willingness to lay our life down for him. We still have to have a willingness to be obedient to everything he said. Let's stand to our feet this morning. See, you didn't even get beat up that bad. I made it sound worse than it was at the beginning, didn't I? Nobody should walk out of here feeling beat up. You should feel lifted up. You should feel gracious that, wow, God loves me so much that he'll pinpoint a disease of rebellion I have in my heart and have me deal with it. Some of us are only focused on the sin that sounds bad. The murder, the raping, the lying, the stealing and killing. But I want to tell you about our standard of righteousness. Here's what the Bible says. Those who know to do good and do it not, to them, that is sin. Do you hear me? See, we got some self-righteousness going on because we can look out into the world and say, at least I'm not doing that, I'm not doing that, I'm not doing that, I'm not doing that. But he says, for the rest of us, to all who know what is good 